we're still in a strong position. There's still a reasonable margin being made, excluding premia. You know, if we take our average farmer made about probably 35,000 net profit before any, any subsidies are included. So a lot of them would have included subsidies, probably 50,000, 60,000 net profit in the system. So it's still, it's still a profitable game. Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode... I'm joined by Chagas Dairy B500 manager, Alan Dillon, with an update from the programme and key management tips for the weeks ahead. Alan, you're very welcome. Farmers are busy buying the last of the dairy calves at the moment. The vast majority of them are bought at this stage. Um, there might be just a tail end of some calves with deals done from dairy farmers. But I suppose, um, by and large, uh, the farmers in the demo farms tend to buy calves quite early. They tend to go for those um, late January to mid-February calves, if at all possible. So the vast majority of their buying is actually done uh, about two weeks, three weeks ago. And what have the price of calves been like this spring? Um, I suppose it was quite similar to last spring um, for our farmers. I know there's a lot of talk that calves went very cheap in the last few weeks, but... Um, Typically, our farmers had bought calves a lot earlier, um, so before the, the big drop came. I suppose while it does make bring into question the value of the early calf when they are that bit more expensive to buy day one versus getting a, a much cheaper calf maybe later in the spring, um, there is benefits to having the early calf in in terms of uh, better utilization of grass in the first year, weaned earlier out of grass by you know sometime in April. Um, and finished a lot earlier than in that second winter, which is the most expensive period. So overall, they'd be probably still happy enough with their decisions, despite the fact that they did pay a bit over than the average farmer who bought in the last few weeks for the calves. The calf rearing phase, Alan, tends to be very expensive, regardless of when farmers are buying calves. Overall, what does it cost when you've been reviewing the profit monitors for farmers for last year? I suppose the big one is the milk replacer. Um, and it, it, the cost will depend a lot on, on what the farmer system is as regards milk replacer. Some farmers, look, I, I hear not the monitor farms we have, but some farmers could be using up to two bags of milk replacer per calf, where we have some guys using maybe just under a bag, 0.8, 0.9 of a bag of milk replacer. So, you know, at 60 euros a bag or 55 to 60 euros, depending on what type of milk replacer you're buying, um, you know, there could be a saving of 50 or 60 euros on the milk alone, depending on what quantity you're putting into the calf. And the quantity of milk replacer is determined by probably the amount of meal that the calf eats. So a lot of the farmers we deal with will be trying to get the calves eating meal at a very young age and gradually ta- tapering off the, the quantity of uh, of milk that will be going into the calf over the over the eight-week period or whatever they might have them inside. So by the time the calf is coming up to eight, nine, ten weeks of age, the calf could be eating you know, one and a half plus kilos of meal up to maybe touching towards two kilos of meal with a bit of roughage in the form of either straw or silage or maybe the hay or something like that um, towards the end. So that, that would be the big cost. The meal, I suppose, is, is gone dear. Look, typically, look, the calf meal is bought in small bags um, because it's highly molasses, so it won't go in a bin in most cases. Um, so it's costing you anything from, you know, 12 to 15 euros a bag. Um, typically, a calf could eat two bags of that anyway in the rear and face. So that could be, you know, 25 to 30 euros again on top of the milk cost. And then you have your vaccines and your straw. So look, most guys are doing them for maybe some kind of intranasal vaccine for pneumonia, um, a coccidiosis dose, 
um, you know, which typically you could, you know, and maybe maybe a, a black leg dose as well with early in the time and then a follow up later, which will probably come to, you know, a little over 10 euros probably ahead. Uh, plus straw isn't cheap either anymore. So straw is coming in at probably, you know, 25 to 30 a bale delivered at the minute, depending on what part of the country. And if you're in the east, it's a good bit cheaper. Uh, if you're in the west, it's, it's a little bit dearer. The haulage is adding a lot of extra costs. So, um, look, you could probably put in the region of 150 euros on, on, on the cost of rearing a calf at least at the minute and it's probably a bit of a turn off to some people while the calf is cheap um there is a lot of money to go in once that calf arrives in the farm and you know you're waiting the bonds of two years to get your your money back so that's often the crux we find for farmers that get into calf rearing is that they tend to forget that it's it's, it's a full two-year cycle before you really start to see money back and on review of the profit monitors last year what did you think were the key principles to maximise the margins for farmers in the programme? Yeah, I suppose last year was a funny year. Um, you know, started off with a lot of worry with regards fertiliser prices and what will they do. And look, people bought the fertiliser in the end, you know, there's the soccer there in this system, you have no choice. Um, the fertiliser was a big cost. Obviously, it, it, it tripled on some farms. Um, the meal proved to be the biggest problem we had. Um, if you take it, cattle that were being killed this time last year were being killed at pushing towards a five euro base, I suppose, nearly at this stage. Um, but meal was probably in around the 330 a ton or 340 a ton at that stage. Now, beef prices. 525 a base a base price per, per kilo but meal is meal is still hovering around at 420 to 450 460 a ton depending on what you're buying so the, the meal costs have really hampered us uh, both in terms of rearing the weanlings and the calves and in terms of the finishing period it's been very very expensive um so you you are looking at you know that 70 or 80 cent that we've seen of a rise uh, in the beef price from the autumn to the spring probably being eroded with inputs um, but look, at least the, the, the price is there to cover them. That's, that's the positive thing. It hasn't been a loss-making decision really to, to start feeding cattle in sheds this year versus you know, trying to push them off at a much lighter weight. Um, but that was the big one. Um, and I suppose, look, our farmers didn't cut back really much on, on costs. Uh, we did see the fixed costs rising quite a bit on the, far- on the farms, going up by about 100, 150 a hectare. Um, you know, a lot of that is probably down to machinery replacement costs and repairs and diesel and you know, even simple things like fencing posts and that are gone extremely expensive. So that's obviously going to have a knock-on effect in terms of our cost of production. Our, our margins are went back a bit. Now, they're still over the 500 a hectare. They're still at around 515 on average per hectare. Um, back from around 6, 650, I think, or something last year. So we're back a little bit, but we're still in a strong position. There's still a reasonable margin being made, um, excluding premia. You know, if we take our average farmer made about probably 35,000 uh, net profit before any any subsidies are included. So you know, a lot of them would have including subsidies probably a fifty sixty thousand net profit in the system. So it's still it's still a profitable game. It's 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 um we, we thought it would have been better last year, um but the the input costs in the back end particularly caught us when beef price dropped to around four sixty a kilo. Come <clears throat> um, I suppose it was September October time, and meal prices had <clears throat> ratcheted up to around four fifty a ton. That was where the pinch came. So any of those cattle that have been killed at that stage didn't really leave a, a huge amount of margin depending if they had to be housed for any, any significant period of time. Well, it really comes back to managing costs, Alan, for that system and maximising the amount of grass. It's been a difficult spring, particularly with the recent rainfall and grazing conditions have been very difficult. How are farmers coping? 
Um, I suppose our farmers were lucky, I suppose, while a lot of them are killing cattle quite early now, they've changed their system slightly. They had quite a buffer of silage left over. <laughs> um, so they they didn't actually have to go out and purchase silage in most scenarios. Only one or two farmers actually had to buy silage. So um, there was a kind of a cushion there, at least, that was, was able to hold them over the, this long, prolonged wet period. A lot of the farmers did get out in February and grazed for maybe four weeks or thereabouts. Um, and that was a big saving as well in terms of silage and in terms of just taking pressure off housing, etc. Uh, but look, there are a lot of them were back in then for the last month. Some have a lot of them have turned stock out in the last probably week or so again. But um, there's a, quite an amount of damage being done on farms now. Uh, it's it's fairly significant in terms of poaching, especially after uh, we just had a storm there last night again, and uh, the 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 fields are very very waterlogged today. So um, we're praying for a bit of a dry spell. Uh, to try and, um, I suppose, tide us over, try and get the ground ground conditions back in, in good order and get grazing going again. But the one decision nearly all our farmers have made is that they had the, they, they went out in the last in the last week when there was a few days and ground did dry up a bit and got the the fertilizer out for the silage. So silage ground has been has got some fertilizer um, at this stage. And look, if there's top up needed, it can be given probably in the next fortnight or thereabouts. So grass is growing and and they're still hopeful to be on target for for silage cutting come. I suppose, mid to late May. I suppose some farmers, Alan, even rehoused following the rain at the weekend. Yeah. How how are they going to manage grass and avoid issues later on in the grazing season to get these heavier covers grazed now at the moment? Yeah, I, I suppose uh, the, the problem at the minute is the, the, the ground conditions aren't allowing much to happen, really. And as I said, you know, the cattle are out in places and they are marking it. Um, I suppose if there are heavy covers on, uh, on farms, um, Look, the option is always there to pull out the mower there maybe in a few weeks' time and um, and bail it up and make top-quality silage and have it for finishing cattle or grow our weanlings in the shed. Um, and that, that's the decision people have to make. And it's important maybe to have walked that farm maybe every week from now on because, look, weather will dry up at some stage. I don't know if it's going to happen this week or next week, but it will dry up and suddenly you will see heat and then a burst of growth and you can go from, um, you know, you can go to massive surpluses all of a sudden because we have been delayed with our turnout for grazing and because uh, growth rates are naturally just going to pick up with the time of year. Um, so farmers are going to have to be ready to, you know, take out paddocks, don't delay, get your fertilizer out after it. There's, there's not much slurry going out in a lot of cases for silage as well. We know that, that people are just made the decision to throw out the, the bag fertilizer instead in terms of nitrogen and P and K on the basis that, look, there's heavy covers of grass on some silage fields. If you were to spread, you couldn't really spread slurry on it um, because it's, number one, too wet. And also because the covers are too heavy, you would dirty the grass. And the second thing is, if we did actually go in and graze silage ground now, um, by the time you've grazed, slurry out, fertilized again, you'd be into probably the 15, 20 of June by the time you get the silage cut, which is no good in our scenario. So we're, the decision has been made to maybe buy 0730 or 18612 and, and, and put up maybe some protected urea with it. Um, to try and grow that first crop of silage and put the slurry out after in, in mid to late May. I suppose, Alan, due to the delayed turnout, some farmers made the decision maybe to draft yeah. some cattle now and that they might remain housed and finish from the shed. What management will they need? Um, I'd say, look, the first thing is that they need to have a, a good supply of top quality silage that will tie them over for another month or so because if you are... If you did only make the decision in the last couple of weeks to draft cattle for slaughter, they, you know, they will take, you know, depending on what kind of cattle they are, they will take at least 40 to 50 days, I suppose, of, of feeding to, to get out of the shed. Um, so you're into May. You probably will be dealing with a better price, beef price at that stage, which will probably 
justify the extra cost. But um, I would say, look, having enough space in the sheds, having having uh, you know, I suppose that you're you're you have enough cash supply in terms of buying ration for these cattle that we were going to turn out to grass for the next couple of months. Um, I suppose lice control maybe is another thing. There are cattle probably that are starting to leak in sheds for the last few weeks and some farmers didn't uh, didn't treat them, I suppose, on the basis that they were going out to grass. It didn't really matter. But if, if they are starting to leak again, I would say maybe give a, a follow-up uh, treatment with a, a pour on for lice. Other than that, I suppose you need to look at the weights of the cattle. Um, you know, you really need to be looking at something well in excess of 500 kilos now at this stage to be justifying feeding it for any period of time indoors. Um, especially in, if you're in terms of a bullock or a or a heifer, um, a bull different scenario. Um, okay, if you're if you're to feed them on to kill, um, you can feed them on for probably a prolonged period inside and maybe kill them in July. If instead of turning them out to grass, um, they will, I suppose, convert much more efficiently than a bullock or a heifer, and um, I suppose they are maybe an easy, easier handled inside. But look, it's it's there's a number of it's a decision look you'd want to be making now at this stage if you are going to start feeding. Um, and be ready, I suppose, for extra costs in the short term. And I suppose then you have also the issue that if you had cattle that were going to go out and they're known or not, you, you will have extra grass supply to deal with uh, in the next couple of months. A lot of different issues to be discussed, Alan, really, probably with their local advisor to put a plan in place now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. The dairy beef scheme is now open. What do farmers need to know about it, Alan? Yeah, the dairy beef scheme is... Um, it's basically the same scheme as there was there the last two years. It's to weigh the calves. The only change that we have now is there is, um, uh, what is it, about 50 calves. You can get paid on 50 calves now versus 40 calves previously. Uh, 20 euros a calf. Um, it is uh, available for any farmer to, to apply. The calves um, must be bought in and minimum of five eligible calves uh, to be weighed. Um, the closing date is the 2nd of May. So people, there's a lot of schemes out there at the minute um, that farmers will have to uh, abide by to, to claim their money. So I know the Suckler Carbon Efficiency Scheme is is a separate date. I think that's the 22nd of May. This one is the 2nd of May. So it's a simple application form, but can be done on egg food or their local advisor can do it. So you have, can upload the data from the 1st of May um, and it must be submitted onto ICBF within seven days of weighing. Um, and the weighing can, can continue up until the, the 1st of November uh, 2023. So that's just uh, the few things. So basically, there's a thousand euros at stake for farmers versus I think the initial run of the scheme there was only 400 euros. So there's a little bit extra there um, to, be, to be claimed. That's great, Alan. Thanks very much. Thank you. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Alan for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.